WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. If it's Monday night, it's got to be Monday Night Talk with Kevin Tachi. So thanks for having me on. Kevin, good for you to hold back and let him tell his story. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture. You guys are the center of the universe today. At least the political universe. I believe both of you are, are from the area. Marshall guys, yes, no? Correct, yeah. That's right. There's only one person not from Marshfield in this room right now. And it's you. It's me. I'm the outcast. Well, you've always been generous with the time. I appreciate it very much. Well, I'm honored to be on your show tonight, Kevin, with that impressive lineup you have. I believe our guest that we've been waiting for, Congressman Stephen Lynch. Kevin, good to join you. The governor of the Commonwealth, very Charlie good. Becky. You ready? i got to tell you that uh, it's really nice to hear Aerosmith on the intro there. You're going to be the rock and roll governor? I don't know about that, but... <laughs> we have Mayor Joe Sullivan joining us, sir. How are you? Well, Kevin, very good to be with you again. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Mr. Ming Tsai, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Massachusetts State Auditor Suzanne Bump. Hello, Auditor. How are you? I am fine, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome and good evening. You are indeed tuned in to Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 WATD, coming to you live from Broadcast House on 95.9 WATD. Also, don't forget, uh, uh, 1460 AM WBMS, Brockton Metro South. And uh, we have, as always, a great lineup of folks who are going to come in and, and talk about some, some things that are, are, you know, timely and interesting. Um course warming up in the bullpen she's here now uh the state house report with state representative Catherine Atra. hello kevin also from time to time don's the co-host hat yes i think we actually yes. we officially uh inked a contract today we, i have my official cup <laughs> yes yes that says monday night talks official co-host official. So it's official it's official can't say official is the best way to go yes it's sealed there it's what sealed it's sealed, sealed. yes and that, of course, is George. George is uh, my uh, my great producer. Whether it's George or Larry, you both do an, uh, a phenomenal job. So I praise there. Yeah, yeah, and I hear you, and I hear you on Wednesday nights too, uh, doing stuff with uh, the JV team. Uh, just that once uh, last week. Uh, yeah, but you've done it a couple of times, though, haven't you? Uh, You've been a repeat offender on this show. Last couple of times, uh, yeah, last yeah. couple of days, rather, but definitely Mondays. Mondays be the most days beyond my usual Tuesday shifts. Let's say. Okay. And, and just also a little side note that sometimes that uh, George is kind enough to do a little editing on on the podcast. And, and we are up to, uh, we are finally up to date with all of our podcasts. That is fantastic. How many now? How many total? 1,165. Wow. And how, over how many years? Um, a lot. A lot. I want to say since 2011. 2000, yeah, 2011. Wow. wow. Impressive. Yeah. This prolific body of work right there. <laughs> it's a lot of conversations. And it's a lot of, um, I've been privileged to have a lot of different voices and talk about a lot of different topics. Mm-hmm. Viewpoints. Viewpoints. And, and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. We, we you know, the, that's the idea. Was we Monday night talk. We're here to talk. A conversational exchange. Yes. Of the best. Yes. And With the greatest. valuable information. Yes. And that's the idea is also is as we try to, you know, we're, we're, Blessed to have some great representation up on Beacon Hill who will make the rounds in here. You know, it's it's kind of a staple of the show uh, to have the Statehouse Report and have uh, senators and representatives to come in and kind of talk about what's going on, the latest news happening right. as it's happening, um, and also, you know, what's going on in the district and some of the folks that they serve, the constituents. That's what's important. 
So we will speak with uh, Kathy in just a moment. Uh, and then uh, we'll speak with Richard Rosen. He is, of course, a premier sponsor of Monday Night Talk. We love to have him on on a regular basis. It's like he's the type of guy. It isn't just like, you know, he he opened the restaurant some, you know, 12, 13 years ago when he keeps it. No, it's 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 always changing. He's always changing up, whether it's the entertainment. You know, here we are. We're sliding into the fall season. You know, they're going to be they're going to be changes to the menu because. That's what he does to try to kind of keep it fresh and to keep people interested in coming into his two locations in downtown Whitman, uh, McGuigan's Pub and the Patty Wet McGuigan's. So stay tuned for that. Hour number two, uh, Newbertson Rateau. We know him as Newbie. He is an award-winning filmmaker. He is going to come in along with uh, radio personality Keith Hayes will join us. And we talk about uh, the city of Brockton. they got city elections coming up November 7th. And I would be curious. I would think that they have early voting that is going on now. But, uh, yeah, you got uh, elections for uh, Robert Sullivan, who we had on, uh, what, uh, four or five weeks ago. Uh, he's up. Fred Fontaine is uh, the uh, the individual who's running against him, challenger. Uh, you have the city council. You have ward councilors and at-large councilors who are vying to save their, you know, to retain their seat or hopefully there's an open seat. I think there's one open seat because state rep Rita Mendez yes. uh, is um, she's not going to look to stay on the city council. Mm-hmm. She was she's holding higher office right now. Uh, so that's that's open right now. And then school committee. And oddly enough, it's interesting. And I'll, I'll speak to Newbie and Keith about this. But what's interesting is that uh, a lot of the school committee seats are uncontested. And what's interesting is, is they, there's a big problem with the budget for fiscal 22 and 23. Yes, that's so true. So it's interesting. Although, again, and this news didn't come out until after the preliminary. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's interesting. So we'll talk with them about that. Newbie has actually uh, interviewed uh, 17 candidates. And we'll talk with him about that and kind of get their take on what they what they see happening down the road on November 7th. And then we talk sports. Sports person? Sports? Celtics. 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 The you know we all sit here in the doom and gloom of the Patriots right now. Pretty much on the horizon, the Celtics look pretty gosh darn good. Better the than Celtics Patriots. look really really good. So we have asked uh, WATD sports director Quinn Kelly to stop on by. Newbie will stay. He'll hang out as well. He is a green teamer. Uh, too many times when the Celtics are doing good or doing bad, I can see his highs and lows plastered all over social media so i thought he'd be the perfect guy to kind of hang around and, and chat a little bit about that so that's that's the rundown for this evening i hope you enjoy the conversation again if you miss any of our our conversations you always can tune in and check out the podcast we try to put them up as quickly as possible did, did you have one last uh, tidbit george you good Oh, I'm good. All right. <laughs> he looked like he was pontificating for a moment. He wasn't did. Sure. He did. I thought the same. So we pivot and we talk with, uh, how are you? I'm great. How about yourself? So I see you, you're dressed in blue. I'm dressed in blue. Yes, I was at the Blue Future Conference in Plymouth today. Yep. Yes. Yep. I know we were doing, the radio station was doing cut-ins. Yes, they were. I saw during... Rob with this morning. I saw Rob Hackler there this morning. He was fortunate enough to interview the lieutenant governor, who was also there and gave the keynote speech this morning. What were her words of wisdom? What was what what, what, did, what did you take away from her her speech? Did you have a chance to, to take it all in? 
I did. I did. Uh, and I sat with her for quite a bit just to talk about things that are happening in the district. But, you know, she's a very well-informed woman. She's very bright. Uh, she's ran the city of Salem. She was the mayor of Sa- Salem for 16 years and yeah. took it from really almost receivership, basically, to a prospering. Thriving. Yeah, they're thriving. Thriving. Um, and we talked about the blue economy, how it not only affects the coastline, but, you know, out to Western Mass and uh, it was fascinating. She's a fascinating woman and very bright and has some great ideas and works so well with Maura. And this is a two-day uh, two event. Are you, two go- day event. are you going to both or just today? I'm not. I was there today um, for the morning, and then I was on a panel this afternoon at 3.30 with some professionals and some innovators and entrepreneurs. It was very interesting. And Senator Moran, of course, and Matt Mir- Representative Miratori. So that was interesting. Uh, I just left the cork and table where Chef Stephen Coe is cooking the ugly fish. So that was the end of today. So I missed that, but hmm. I'm happy to be with you. Well, let's not forget, it was a few weeks ago we had Stephen Cole in here. We did, yes, uh, talking about the blue fish. And yeah, did, did you happen to corner. bump into him a few times? Uh, or more not than so a few much? times, yes. <laughs> more than a few times he says to say hello. But, he, you know, they're doing a fabulous job there. This morning, they had students from 9 to 11, uh, free for all students that had an ID, either high school or college, and they had 100 students there this morning. And he said they were really well engaged, which was nice. They had came with questions, and so it's good to see. You know, it's the future, too. The blue economy is our future. It, it, it is indeed, and it's good to know that our youth is engaged, knowing yes. that, that, again, it's, it's going to be theirs to kind of, right. you know, take hold of right. and... And advance the ball. Mm-hmm. You're all right. So it was great. And there was some junior colleges there represented. Quincy College was there, as well as Massasoit, talking about the programs that they have and talking about Reconnect. So that is the program if you're over 25 years of age and do not have a current degree that you can go to a junior college for free. Yeah. As part, of the new, as part of the new uh, law, the new budget? Yes, the new budget, which yep. is great. You know, there's some skills that we really need with new, again, blue economy right? A new school skill set that we need. And there's people looking for jobs and looking for careers. These are for careers, not just regular jobs, careers are where they can advance. So we spoke about that quite a bit. And I'm very excited about that. And the people in the audience were as well. Let's uh, transition from talking a little bit about uh, that conference to um, Habitat for Humanity's Hearts and Hammer's Gala. Now, I saw a lot of pictures and it looked like it was a fantastic event. And I know our friend Peter Brown. Yes. Uh, was like, Brown. Hey, 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 make sure you ask her about that. Hey, hey, hey. We had a fabulous time. So they started, they did a little new venue this year. It used to be a sit-down meal, but where they have a new executive director, who is Amy Belmore, did a fabulous job. She held it at the Jones River Trading in Kingston, and it was a different event. Um, it was more of hors d'oeuvres and drinks and a lot of activity. I had fun with Peter Brown because there was a photographer there. It was when um, you got to dress up, you know, do the fun stuff. So we had fun. Rep Miratori was there. Senator Moran was there. I brought my husband this time. Silent auction. How, how's Mike doing? Mike is doing Officer very well. Mike. Thank you. Yes, Sergeant Mike is. Sergeant the, yes, Mike. Sorry. Sergeant Mike. Sorry. Hi. Sorry, Mike. Uh, is doing very well. Um, I think he was not very happy with me when we left because. You know, you put a paddle in my hand for an auction. and I, I saw you at the TIC auction. Yes, yes, you did see me at the TIC auction. It's a problem. But we did leave with a trip to Ireland. So we're looking 
forward to that. Um, give, give details. Is it like five day, seven day, ten day? What it's is it? a seven day. It's at the cottages in Connemara. We have done it in the past with our family. It is amazing. Um, and we will be doing it again with the entire family. So we're looking forward to that. And I left with pickleball lessons, a golf lesson, and gift cards to local restaurants. You are, you are already kind of someone who's hooked on golf. Now you want to pickleball this. It can pickleball be. Pickleball oh could goodness. be my new thing. Um, so where I work, as you know, yes. uh, at Community Access, we actually were asked to film some footage for a public service announcement. And those people love their pickleball. They love it. They're obsessed. They love it. I mean, and there's people are waiting to get their opportunity to get in. And they are. They are. Dominate. And it's the ones with the knee braces and elbow braces they that you need for. to watch out for. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They love yeah. their pickleball. It's mean stuff there. Yeah, I think I saw you today with you had a pickle shirt. <gasps> that was me. Because it was my friend Andy Davis that actually um, donated oh. the pickleball lessons. Ooh. So I was showing him my pickleball shirt that I won. What is it like, what is it like to be able to like... Me, I don't like doing the paddle and, and bidding on stuff because I, I just don't... You know, I get I get become foolish. As I you became saw. foolish. Well, I, I well as you saw me that you know I won some yeah, here. I'll be the co-host like, of the morning show. I, I, I yeah, when's that happening? I want to tune in. I that. have not booked that yet, but I will let you know. Um, I also from the one from TIC won the auction for John Joe uh, John Charco. John Charco. John Charco, comedian. So I'm having a comedian November third. November third at the. John's a funny guy, isn't he? A funny guy, and I'm not just saying it just because. You know, no, he's a funny guy. He is. A, I want to say we had a a WATD Christmas party, ah. and I knew nothing about John. Mm-hmm. And he got a, and he he just he was ama- he was funny. He's funny. He's funny. We're looking forward to that. So that was going to be at the Dirty Water Distillery that just reopened at Cordage Park in Plymouth. And I was recently at, a, of all things, a baby shower there. And they do a phenomenal job. It's such a great venue. So I'm looking forward to that on November third, the comedy night. And where is that again? Dirty Water Distillery. Have you been there yet? I've never been there. Oh, so they used to be in Plymouth, and it was, you know, they opened the windows, and it was um, open air. Is that what I want to say? I had an event there once. But they've since moved to Cordage Park right next to the winery, 1620 Winery. I've been there. Oh, yes. So it's right next door. It was, I think, like a... A woodworking place at one point. Which park is? They, they've done a great they've job developing. A great job. I think I've been to Three V. Mm-hmm. Oh, love Three V. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the TIC event. Yes. Which Wasn't is, that that was a beautiful venue? They did a great job. Yeah, they did a great job. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and John Turco, and uh, just to give a plug for Matt Muratori and his wife Kristen, they are also having a comedy night coming up. Then that will benefit BID Plymouth which they did last year. It was a great event. Um, and John Turco will also be there. Wow. But he'll do different sets if you want to go to both. Yeah. He has different material. He, he knows how to switch it up. One of the, the big pieces of, of legislation, I think that's um, going to be before the House this week, is regarding the gun legislation. I know that there's been hearings. There were hearings last week. The right? hearing was last week. I was at the hearing. The hearing, I believe it was Monday. I'm sorry, my days blend together. They all really blend together, yeah. They do blend together. Um, And that was a long hearing. It started at 11 o'clock, and we didn't get out of there probably to about 6.30, maybe. Yeah, it was a long hearing. We heard um, people that were opposed, as well as um, people that were in support. So Moms Demand Action was there. Another organization was there. And then we had Opposed Goal was there. um, And a lot of gun clubs were there. So it was a long day hearing um, 
people's opinions. Um, and, you know, people are passionate about this. They're very passionate about it. What, what resonated with you? What seemed to be the reoccurring theme or, or someone wanted to make sure that they, ha- they felt as so though they had to share their thoughts on pro or con? I think those opposed were afraid that their Second Amendment rights were going to be taken away. And that was brought up many times. Um, It is 100 pages. So this is the new legislation, 4607. Before that, we had HD 4420, which... There's a lot of signs that are out there. There's a lot of signs that were out there. So that was put to rest after many meetings with the body, the... um, other representatives in the House. Um, and, and we had some concerns about that bill, and we brought them to the Speaker and the Chair, and they decided that it needed to be looked at. So Chair Day, who was the Chair of Judiciary, came had drafted a new bill, um, is which is the one that we're going to be hearing on Wednesday, that we'll be voting on on Wednesday. Um, I have to say it's the most popular email that I'm getting these days and calls that I'm getting these days, um, both in support and both opposed. But uh, the mass chiefs have put out a letter that they are opposed. And do they say what specifically that they're opposed to? They do, they give quite a few things. Um, I think that we can all say what we're in support of. Uh, I can say that what we're in agreement with law enforcement on are the ghost guns, yep. serializing the ghost guns. I think that we're all in agreement about that. 3D printing. Yes. Um, there is a caveat in there for law enforcement that prohibits them from carrying their service revolvers off-duty at certain places, and and they have certain rounds. So law enforcement is against that, as you know. You know um, Lieutenant Creed Creed, as well. Yeah, we just talked about him. Uh, Great friend, and he had an incident. He's been on the show with us. um, Talk about it. Had an incident. He went out to dinner for his birthday with his wife, and he was in Taunton. And um, someone came in and started stabbing the hostess and other people. And if he did not have his service revolver on him to stop that situation, it could have been much worse. So um, there's concern about that. There's concern about retired police officers carrying their service revolver. It does what it does not do. And a lot of people have it's 100 pages. It's hard for the layman to go through that. It really does not affect anyone that has their current LTC. It will affect people in the future. Um, uniformed training to get your LTC, which I'm in agreement with. Um, and full disclosure, I have my LTC. Um, what I was shocked about when I went through the training and I went through the courses, you don't have to actually shoot that gun to get your LTC. Really? Isn't that surprising? So to get your license to carry, you do not have to shoot LTC. a gun. But if you need to... You know, when you're going to get your driver's license, you need to drive that car. So that, to me, you know, there's a lot to it, um, especially for a, a smaller person. So that was one of the things I was in favor for. But there's, you know, I still have some issues. I still have some issues with it. Again, if you're just uh, tuning in, uh, we are uh, in the midst of the State House Report with State Representative Kathy Lenatra representing the 12th Plymouth District. It's quite a meaty district, so Can many different communities. Can you just name off those towns for me, Kevin? I would say Middleborough, Kingston, Plymouth, Lakeville. No, Lakeville. No, no Lakeville. No. Wah, wah. <laughs> um, I'm going to give up right there. Okay. I know when, you know. So Plymouth, Plimpton, Halifax, Kingston, I almost, I almost said, Pl- I should have said Plimpton. Yes. Yes. The okay. little, you can't forget the little town of Plimpton. No. 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 
The gem of the South Shore. Uh, retired chief civil wouldn't, wouldn't have it. No, he would not. He would not. And he, he may be, be listening right now, so I'll get a be. call when we're done. Hello, Chief Silva. I hope you're tuning in. <laughs> um, so it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with this. And the reason why I had asked you in regards to why the chiefs are uh, so steadfast against the, the legislation at this particular time, because uh, I saw you know, Speaker of the House, um, Ron Mariano, saying, I don't know why the chiefs are so dead against it. You, I felt, so eloquently kind of laid it out there that... These are the things. These are the provisions that, mm-hmm. that, that concern them. And, you know, and again, you know, knowing that we've had um, people that we've had, your, that you're friends with, that we've had conversations with, right. that if they hadn't been, you know, armed that day right. as an off-duty per, uh, personnel, that, you know what, maybe more lives, more people would have been injured, maybe more lives would have been lost. Um, I can see that. I, I can, mean, and I can see the it, concern for that. It's not to say that again we go through ghost guns, right, or illegal guns. We really it, there's a lot of illegal guns in Massachusetts, mm. and every day we turn on the news, we're hearing of a shooting here and a shooting there. Um, but those are not guns that are owned by licensed gun owners. I I do think we do need some legislation to make stronger laws against carrying an illegal gun, purchasing an illegal gun. You know, there, there's so many things that still can be done um, that makes sense, that will do some real change. And maybe, who knows what will happen between now and Wednesday. Maybe that will materialize. I don't know. So it's kind of a wait and see and learn. I feel as though Massachusetts is, is similar to California when it comes to legislation laws. Some of the laws are the most stringent in the, con- in the country. Mm-hmm. And there are other states around the uh, around you know, the uh, country mm-hmm. that aren't so much. My daughter lives in South Dakota and she tells me it's it's quite easy to be able to ha- get your LTC. It's, really? it's yeah. Yeah. You can go and you can buy, a, buy you know, it's 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 an easier process. Yeah. You know, and now is she, you know, missing words and maybe not giving me the full details? I would I would question it, but again, she's like, no, it's it's pretty it's simple easy. to be able to go, yeah. go get it. You, should, you can go down and you apply for it and they give it to you. Oh, that yeah. it's easy. Yeah. At least we have to take a course. And, you know, there's, there's again, 100 pages. There's so much more to it. If you want to look it up, you could go to mass.gov and then just put in. You could just even in the search bar put gun bill or HD 4607 and, and really go in depth and take a deep dive. And if you have questions, you can always reach out to me. You know, um, I'm online to it, mass.gov. Just put my name in and it will give you my contact information. And I'm happy to answer any questions for you. Any other legislation that you are uh, a part of or that, that you've been working on that we've had conversations with that may, may have made progress beyond, you know, uh, you know There's a, a hearing? Few. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to talk about the Blue uh, Future Conference today. I was there, so I'll focus on those. I have I partnered with the New England Aquarium on some bills for the blue economy and circular economy. So those are really exciting. They've all had hearings. I'm hoping they're going to be voted out favorably. And I'm going to harp on that boat bill, that boater safety bill. So we have renamed the boater safety bill. It was the David Hansen Act, but we've added Paul Malone's name. For those of you that don't know Paul Malone, he was the harbor master in Weymouth. And he has been teaching a boater safety class. He was teaching for many, many years and um, was such a a huge advocate for me and a a mentor and just a wealth of knowledge and unfortunately he passed away from pancreatic cancer and I really want to have this passed for him so we have now called it the Hanson Malone Act. Well we will pay attention to that again and so it hasn't made it 
Uh, it hasn't gone to committee yet, has so it? The, I, I partnered with Susan Moran, to Senator Moran, so she could file it on the Senate side. The Senate bill has been heard. It was heard last week, so we gave testimony for that. But the House bill is not in environmental resources. It's in transportation, which is interesting, and we have not had a hearing on that as yet. But mm. if you are interested in seeing that go through, that's another thing you could reach out to me or reach out to the Transportation Committee and voice your support for that. And what that is, is that you would have to take a boater safety class before you actually pilot a boat. Final piece of business. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, New American uh, American Red Cross Donor Center. American Red Cross Donor Center. This is so fabulous. So in Kingston, we actually have a brick and mortar American Red Cross American Red Cross Blood Donor Center. Say Boy, that, that was a mouth word. Which is um, great because you can donate platelets. Right, platelets has to be in a place that is a brick and mortar. Um, and to donate platelets, you can do it once a week. And those platelets really help people with cancer, like our cancer patients. And over sixty percent go directly to Massachusetts cancer patients, which I find very important. But you can do um, just regular donation, which is great. Or I think it's called Super Power Red. It's called Power Red. That's what Mike does. Um, you can just call them in Kingston, make an appointment. Uh, they're open seven days a week. And it's a wonderful environment, um, state of the art, and the people are lovely. We had the ribbon cutting last week. It's as interesting to note that not enough Americans donate blood, and folks don't realize that how quickly bad goes. Blood goes bad, right? Very quickly, right? It goes very, very quickly. quickly. And during COVID, it was they were probably at most yes. critical critical levels in regards yes. to donations. So and type it's O is very important too, as well as type A. They told me, um, but it's it's we're in a critical need right now. So regular blood they told goes right to trauma patients which is important. Um, Super Red, Power Red, I don't know where Power Red goes, but I know the platelets go right to cancer patients, and we're all affected. You know, we all know someone that's suffering from cancer. And one of the things, I know we're in a hurry, but what they said to me is when you have a friend that, you know, is diagnosed with something, cancer, and you you don't know what to do, do we bring a meal, do you this, you can donate platelets. That is so important. That's something you can do because we never know what to do. We feel like we're not doing enough, but donating platelets is so important. If your constituents are tuned in right now, anybody wants to reach out to you, uh, how can they do that? They can go on mass.gov and put in my name. It will give all my contact information. Um, But I do want to say that I have an office in the district at Quarter Park that someone, either myself or a staff member, is there Tuesday through Thursday. Sometimes if we're not there, it just means we're at an event or we're meeting with constituents at another location. But I have constituent hours all through the district once a month. That schedule is on my website, which is com, or you can reach me through Facebook at, I think it's State Rep. Kathy Lenatra. Correct. Um, it is, but it is. just put my name in the search button and you'll get all my contact information and I'm happy to answer any questions or meet you anywhere you need to meet. Thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. She is State Rep. Kathy Lenatra, also official co-host. Official of, co-host. Of That's Monday Night Talk. title. Uh, She'll be back uh, somewhere down the road, but we're going to just kind of step aside for half a second. And when we come back, Richard Rosen, uh, local businessman, McGuigan's Pub, the patio at McGuigan's. We'll talk with him about that and more. Stay tuned. This 
is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi, on 95.9 WATD. Fall is a great time to enjoy alfresco dining at the patio at McGuigan's. Start your open-air meal with a patio sampler platter piled high with chicken wings, cauliflower, potato skins, egg rolls, and chicken and biscuits. The patio's specialties include koji steak tips, braised short ribs, pan-seared salmon, and chicken marsala. Looking for something lighter? Sink your teeth into a patio burger, pulled pork sandwich, fish tacos, or margarita flatbread. Friday and Saturday nights feature live entertainment at the patio at McGuigan's. Sip on a specialty cocktail and unwind from the week as the fall breeze cools down the evening. The patio at McGuigan's is at 552 Washington Street in Whitman Center. And check out McGuigan's Pub next door at 546 Washington Street, also in Whitman Center. I am Marco, and I am always been full of life, full of energy, and always on the go. At the age of 21, I was diagnosed with kidney disease. My life was saved by an organ donor. Receiving a life-saving organ put my life back into play, and I was able to move forward and make my dreams come true. Anyone can sign up to be an organ donor, whether you're 16 or 96. Be a hero. Be an organ donor. Register today. Register at mass.gov slash organ donor. Sponsored by New England Donor Services. Invest your time in listening to Cape Retirement Radio and learn a smarter approach to investing so you can protect your future. Cape Retirement Radio, featuring Chris Latond, Thursday nights at 6.15 and Sunday mornings at 10 on 95.9 WATD. Download the Monday Night Talk podcast from iTunes for free. Just search for Monday Night Talk WATD. We now return to Kevin Tachi and Monday Night Talk. We return. Hey, don't forget, uh, later uh, in the show, uh, newbie Rito, Keith Hayes, will talk about the city of Brockton uh, politics, upcoming uh, city election, and also we talk about the uh, Boston Celtics and uh, give a little bit of a, a preview of uh, the NBA upcoming season, the 23-24 season. But right now... Uh, speaking with one of our uh, one of our premier sponsors uh, and someone who actually now has a, a new son-in-law. Uh, his name is Richard Rosen. Uh, congratulations are first in order for uh, Danielle and Dustin. Well, thank you very much. It was uh, it was a beautiful wedding. DePonte, right? It's so it's, now it's Danielle Danielle DePonte, right? DePont. Oh, DePont. Okay, he's silent. DuPont. Well, here's the thing. Correct. I tried to do the pronounce things on on YouTube, so that's why it it, it, it maybe it did say Dupont, and I, I paid atten- I didn't pay yeah. attention to it. But Danielle, what people are like? Oh, well, why are you bringing that up? Well, not only is it Richard's daughter, but she also is uh, the the young lady who does a fantastic job as coordinating things with both restaurants that you have. Yes, she is the manager of both restaurants. It's um, it's a very big undertaking, and she does an absolutely spectacular job. She does. And so uh, the idea of having Richard on a regular basis, again, as I, I teased earlier on in the show, Richard isn't the guy like Oprah who opened this, uh, this, this, these restaurants up a few years ago, uh, 13 years, correct? Is that my, my number right? It's going to be 14 in December, believe my it or not. God, time is just flying. Um, but he, he's not the type of guy who just stands pat and goes, hey, I, you know, I, I don't, the food is good. You know, our service is good. Uh, what we have for for you know entertainment is, is sufficient. No, he's always looking for ways to entertain it and change it up. Uh, we'll start with uh, with McGuigan's McGuigan's Pub. 
the latest of what's uh, what's what's new at McGuigan's. I know one of the things I was perusing your your socials and uh, uh, for for McGuigan's, and one of the things that it teased is it's time for comfort food. It's cool fall weather, time for comfort food, and. And it's back. Comfort food is back. We we had a meeting a few weeks ago, and it was time. So we took the lobster off the menu, and um, we've brought back Guinness beef stew. And it's homemade. Oh, I mean, so they make tasty. it from scratch. It is so good, and it's they do so it from tasty. scratch in the kitchen. And, you know, <clears throat> one of the all-favorite, you know, chicken supreme, and then they do a, a stuffed chicken breast. I mean, it's and we make everything from scratch. Um, American chop suey. They um, they do a pretty nice job in the kitchen, and um, you know, like you say, we have to keep changing things because you know you need repeat business, and repeat business don't want to keep coming back to have the same thing, and and um, it works pretty good. I, again, I can't stress that they literally make everything from scratch. That Guinness beef stew. Um, it's it's all from scratch, and you know it's food's good. Well, let's let's also kind of talk about specials. I mean, you know, Wednesday and it's a couple of days away here, but you're somebody who likes pizza. You, you, McGuigan's has a pizza special, right? As long as it's dine in, dine in. So on Wednesdays, the pub. It's, it's pretty interesting on Wednesdays. We have half price pizza, like you say, dine in only. But we also have Singo, and. Um, We've had single for quite some time now, and it's amazing the same the same people come in and, and what you win is coupons for pizzas. And uh, I don't know if you've ever played single, but when it was first presented to me by Danielle, I'm like, I don't want karaoke in that building. Um, and it's not. This gentleman comes in with a sound system, and he gives you a card. It's like a bingo card, but it's all music from different eras, different generations. Um, you know, from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and it's also, some nights it's all Beatles, or one of the cows will be all Elvis Presley. So, and it's just like bingo. You get five in a row this way, you win. You get five this way, you win. So not only do you get to to try to win some pizzas, it's really good music. So that, plus the um, the half-price pizza, makes for a really, really busy, um, busy Wednesdays. And then, of course, on Fridays and Saturdays, we have entertainment. Um, every Friday, every Saturday from 8.30 to 11.30. And um, <clears throat> so I, on, on, what's the date? On Saturday, October 28th, we are going to host in both restaurants, and there's a few other places in Whitman that do, the Witch's Walk. Ooh. I think you are aware of the Witch's Walk. I think they run it out of the Whitman VFW. It's yep. a fundraiser. Yep. And they sell 300 tickets um, and people come from everywhere dressed up as witches, and I, they buy for different prizes, but they also walk around town. They do have a, a bus, I think, that picks them up and brings them from one bar to another, which is really good later in the night because they need it. Um, <laughs> it's pitch black, and they're roaming around yeah, in black you don't want anybody to get hurt stumbling. Or yeah. Hits. Yep. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's October 28th. And, you know, we have these fun events that, that quite often over at the pub, and it, it makes it an interesting place. I just want to let folks know that, you know, when I sit here and I talk with Richard, I'm somebody who I, I will try out different restaurants in and around the South Shore so I can kind of, you know, kind of 
have a, a taste of what's going on and, and have an understanding. And and McGuigan's Pub and the patio are both on my list. And I will tell you, and this is leading me somewhere, and that is is that um, I cannot believe that when I order steak tips, I'm actually getting a pound of steak tips. Oh, yeah, you are. And <clears throat> and, and it's one of the few things that we have in both places. And um, in the patio, they're koji steak tips. Oh, so good. And, in the, and they're so good. And yeah. in the pub, um, they're marinated a little bit differently. Um, you know that, that between the two restaurants, which are literally across the side street from one another, most everything is different. But that is one of the things. And, I mean, they really are different. Even though you're getting a pound of steak tips, they taste like night and day. And both of them are really, really good. Um, the other thing I want to make sure we stress and we mention when we're talking about McGuigan's Pub is the live entertainment. You're you constantly having live entertainment um, what do you have on tap in the coming the coming days and weeks when it comes to folks that they want to come in and, and they want to grab a meal? Maybe they want to hang out for a while and, and take in some music. Yeah, like I say, it's it's every Friday and Saturday night in both restaurants from eight thirty to eleven thirty. Um, I can't tell you who comes in. Um, I know it's on our website, social media, Facebook. In, yeah, it's on all that. I don't have I don't have it in front of me. Um, but you know, it's guys that and women. They they come in. We don't generally have a big band unless it's. We can get to that in a minute. Um, it's either one or two people, a single or a duet. Um, they come in and they play cover music, and we have some really really good entertainment as well. I mean, there's not a ton of places around anymore that have entertainment. So, you know, some people bring in a bigger crowd than others, but we have it every weekend. Yeah, it's definitely worth noting, and and there's been times when me and the missus, uh, you know, when we come in and there's somebody they'll set up over in the corner, and and just kind of hear somebody just subtly play some music. It's it's pretty, you know, it's and usually it's a great selection of of songs, and and you know they they're good. Yeah, it's it's good now on to to skip across the street to the patio. Yep, you read my we, mind. We. We also have entertainment every Friday and Saturday. Um, we have every third Wednesday, we have a jazz band that comes in. And it is unbelievable to hear jazz. If I had my way, I'd have jazz, you know, on our Sunday brunch every Sunday, but we don't have brunch back yet. But that's another topic. Yep. Um, but this jazz band comes in the third Wednesday of every month, and they're unbelievable. I can't believe you, um, I can't believe you mentioned because that's on my list. Jazz night uh, at the patio. Yeah, it's if you haven't come in there on a Wednesday night, there's there's four guys, and sometimes they have a woman singer, and none of these people are from around here. I think one guy comes up from Rhode Island. Somebody comes down from New Hampshire. Uh, the mainstay, who is the drummer is, believe it or not, a retired doctor from Brockton. Um, It's just, it's unbelievable. And it's usually the third Wednesday of of every month. Because I'd like to have more, but they they don't like to travel that much. So it's it's really, really good. And and to digress back to, uh, so this this Friday is Bree and Tag performing at the patio. And Saturday is Matt Putnam. That's who's going to be performing. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for for letting me know that. No, no, it's and all good. Again, they're all people that they come in once a month 
to one place or the other. We have a, a, a large group of rotating musicians, and they'll play the patio one week and the pub a few weeks later and vice versa. And, I mean, they're all good. Mm. They're all good. Um, um, can, can we, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about food. And with the, with the when, it, when it comes to the patio at McGuigan's, there's something for everybody. Would you say that? Yeah, I would. And and the specials that they do every week in the um, they come out every Friday and they change them every Friday. Uh, amazing! Like this past weekend, we had chili, which we never had before. We have rather than just old wings, they have garlic parmesan wings, uh, an arugula salad with roasted butternut squash. They had beef stroganoff, shrimp and broccoli flatbread. They had bourbon tips. Wow! Chicken combo. I mean. You know, then, of course, the surf and turf, the the koji steak tips. And, um, I mean, the food is, these guys are killing it over there. You know, after COVID, um, you know, we had started brunch, which I know that was one of your favorites. Very much my favorite, um, yep. And about five weeks, six weeks into brunch, we had to close because of COVID. Mm. And, you know, everybody in the world was having a hard time recovering from that, um, employee-wise. And the same with us. I mean, we were having a real problem um, getting the manpower to run the restaurants. And we finally do. And I'm going to tell you that we right now have the best kitchen crews in both places that I've ever had. A couple of new people, and uh, they're killing it. So um, I'm trying to convince these guys that we should do brunch again. So I'm hoping that maybe in the next month or so we're going to reintroduce brunch. We are about to introduce, um, we don't really have much on Thursdays, so we're going to start um, Kids Eat for Half Price on Thursdays, um, you know, from 4 o'clock on. We haven't finalized it, but I think that's going to start within the next couple of weeks, so, um, you know, I think four kids to a table, I, I don't even know, we haven't finalized it, but kids are going to be eating for half price, the kids' meals. And, you know, we have we have a regular menu where you can get... You know, baked scallops or a cheeseburger or, you know, French onion soup. We have Ooh. the best sampler platter. Phantom Gourmet. Chicory boards. The what? Chicory boards. Oh, the chicory boards. But we also have the sampler platter ah. that the Phantom Gourmet called out as one of the best sampler platters they've ever seen. We have the Whitman sampler in the pub, and then we have the patio sampler platter for either two or four, which is really amazing. So I want to take oh. a moment to do a quick correction here. So uh, as far as performances at McGuigan's Pub, it's Brian Tag uh, on Friday night, Matt Pup- Putnam on Saturday night. And then if you're looking for performances at the patio, you have live music of Ken Snow on Friday night, 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. And then live music with Jen Kirby on Saturday. That's great. Jen Kirby is also one of our employees. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, she has a beautiful voice. She sang the national anthem for our road race. It was great. Wow. Um, it was great. And Go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I was going to well, The other thing I was going to mention was uh, $3 Taco Tuesdays. That's correct. And uh, that's also a pretty busy night in there. And you know what I was, what I was going to say is the famous Christmas tree will be back. I mean, I hate to even mention Christmas, but... You know, for a while it was our holiday tree, but <clears throat> and it might stay up for a couple of holidays this year too. But that will be back. That is, you know, it's funny. It's that thing has become. 
it, it's like it has a life of its own. I mean, people bring their kids in just to have pictures in front of it. True. As adults, too. I mean, it's a beautiful Christmas tree. Um, I, the one thing we haven't touched upon, and I want to make sure that we mention, is Stump Trivia Quiz. Yes, that's Tuesdays. Right. Right? Can, can yeah, you give details Tuesdays. on that? Yep. yep. Give us details on that. Um, yeah, I'm not, we changed uh, people that run that. Um, I think that it's a team thing nowadays, and he'll ask a question in the team. I think they they might even do it on iPhones or something. To tell you the truth, I'm not 100% positive, but I know it's becoming very, very, very popular. So that and the um, the tacos is similar to across the street with Singo and Half Price Pizza. So um, it's things are happening. Things are things are happening in there. Well, my my question to you is: Is how important is it that there is always something new and different when it comes to your two establishments? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the most important thing. You have to you have to keep changing things. You can't remain static. Um, otherwise, people will get sick of coming in. So we want to give them a reason to come in and keep coming back. Anything that we haven't mentioned in regards to uh, the latest with either one of your uh, restaurants that we want to uh, make sure we uh, we share with our listeners? I think that we've we've pretty much covered it all. Um, of course, you, I talked about the Christmas tree. You know, it's getting to be that time of the year, yes. and we'll have our we'll have a um, gift card special coming up in the near future too. Um, you know, time just goes by so fast. I mean, who would have thought fourteen years? Yeah, you know, and and again, that and that was just for McGuigan's Pub, and then you decided a few years later, I'm going to convert this parking lot into the patio. Yeah, and I think, yeah. bo- and, and you could check, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think on any given night, uh, both both places are, you know, filled with uh, uh, patrons who are, you know, getting a great meal and, and and taking in some great entertainment, and that's that's what matters. And you know what's funny? <clears throat> so when when we did the patio, we were trying to create a whole new crowd, a whole new group of people, and I wasn't sure we could do it, but. I'll go into the pub, and I will know 90% of the people in there. I'll go across the street to the patio, and I'll know 10 people, I mean five people. It's crazy because people are coming from all over the place to, to try it out. They've heard of it. They, you know, they've, they've talked to other people that have been there. They love it. And I mean, it's kind of like being in the downtown Boston. It's, it's that kind of a place, and uh, people love it. Word of mouth. There he is. He is Richard Rosen. Uh, he is, of course, a proud owner of McGuigan's Pub, McGuigan'sPub.com, and the patio at McGuigan's, patio at McGuigan's.com. Richard, thank you again so much for not only your uh, support of this show, but also uh, your support of the community with your restaurants. Well, I appreciate it very much, Kevin, and we didn't even have a chance to talk about the bees. We'll do that next time. We'll do that next time. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. you. Got it. All right. That's it. Hour number one. Gone. Where the heck did it go? It's all right. Hour number two, straight ahead. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 WATD. WATD FM Marshfield. WBMS Brockton. Download previous episodes of Monday Night Talk and listen to them anywhere. Check out 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk. And now, more Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. 
All right, we are back. Later this hour, we are going to talk a little NBA, Celtics, regular season prognostications, and then some. Uh, of course, uh, my guest who is in front of me right now, Nubertson Rateau, uh, will be my, uh, he'll be he'll be kind of a constant. He'll be part of this, uh, this upcoming conversation, uh, talking about the city of Brockton, the city elections coming up on November 7th, but then he'll also hang for the conversation regarding the Celtics. As I said in my opener, if you cut Newbie, if you cut him, he will bleed green, depending on, depending on how well the team is going. Um, he's one of those individuals who he wears his heart on his sleeve. He wears his Celtics green on his on his uh, on his uh, sleeve because he cares about the team. And so he'll we'll talk with him along with Quinn Kelly. He is the sports director, WBT uh, sports director. He'll be here as well. We'll talk with uh, him about that. But right now, uh, we welcome Newbie. Newbie is here. Newbie, who is uh, an award winning. Emmy Award-winning documentarian. He is here. And he serves many different roles. Can you hear okay in those headphones? I can hear nice and clear. Okay. And, of course, on the phone line, uh, he would be here if he could, uh, Keith Hayes, radio personality, uh, hoobazoo.com. He hosts a long-running show called The Booth. And uh, sometimes sometimes he will... Uh, chat about um, some of the things that are going on in and around the city of Brockton and beyond. So, Keith, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on? Just real quick, I got to touch base. You just had a previous guest on from McQuiggan's. Yeah. Love their shepherd's pie pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I might have to go there tomorrow. Yeah, it's kind of like a deep dish, right? Is it like Chicago style? Oh, yeah. It's- it's super good. I try to go there on there, buy one, get one free Wednesdays, and I'll tell people that Shepherd Pie's pizza is to die for. Very nice. Very good. Good. Uh, good for uh, to, to ha- have someone who wants to give a little bit of a, uh, you know, uh, you had a chance to go there and try it. I've been going there for years, for the past going on fourteen years. Uh, I've never been disappointed uh, when when I go there, and there's always something that surprises me. That uh, it's a delightful surprise per se. Um, Thank you very much for the the plug. I'm sure Richard is is thrilled to to hear that someone is uh, giving a a little bit of a, a review on uh, on one of his pie. He's when they usually do the uh, the taste in Whitman and Hanson. Uh, that's one of the things that he will he'll actually have for folks to sample is the shepherd's pie uh, pizza. So that's that's fantastic. You mentioned that. So we're here to talk a little bit about the city of Brockton. It's been. You know, since since the the start of the fall, since the start of September, it's been quite chaotic. I would say when it comes to city politics, I could be wrong, but I'll let these two gentlemen kind of give their take on it. Uh, especially knowing that w- one of the big thing that's kind of hovering over this this city election was the news that there's that, that there's a, a sizable deficit for the previous school year, and basically could go back to even. A year prior in twenty two fiscal twenty two, uh, we'll start with we'll start with Keith. Uh, Keith, you kind of give your take on city elections this year. Well, I, I think you know when you talk about the city elections in Brockton, there are three major things that brought this election to the forefront. Uh, the first was the sale, the pending sale of the Brockton Fairgrounds. 
Um, there was a big debate, and there's still a big debate, over this sale of the Brockton Fairgrounds. So that put the election in the spotlight. The second thing that put this election in the spotlight, unfortunately, um, was Hamilton Rodriguez and his actions brought the election into the spotlight. And then the number three thing that brought this into the forefront of where we're at right now is the school budget crisis um, involving Brockton High. So, Newby, you, you've had a chance to interview some of the candidates as well. Uh, I want to say that you recently uh, shared information over the weekend that you've actually interviewed about 17 different candidates, had a chance to have a conversation with them. Do you, Keith's assessment uh, as to where things stand with the the city and the election, Do you is it is it accurate? Well, yeah, I think Keith's spot on, on, on two of the three. I think, you know, uh, the fairgrounds and then obviously the $14 million deficit. I think um, Hamilton is, is controversial, but I think ultimately it was a non-factor. I mean, I think he got less than 300 and something votes. So I mean, he made, yeah, he, he made a lot. He, he made a lot of noise. Well, well I, you know, yeah. Keith, I think the problem is is most of those people are trying to vote in Canton right now. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like I said, you know, I knew he was not going to be a threat, but I feel like it did get some people to pay attention to the election you know, that usually don't. But the numbers, as, as newbie said, the numbers were horrible yet again. Eight percent. We were actually up uh, like three percent because we're usually around in the fours and fives. So. We're up to eight, but it's nothing to friggin' pat yourself in the back with. We got to do better. Well, I mean, I hundred percent agree. I, I think the ultimately, I'm tired of people saying that we're a majority minority city. We're not. The fact of the matter is, when you look at the voting block, the voting block is not minority in terms of the percentage of, of amount of people who vote. That's correct. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, in terms of the, mm-hmm. the actual census, you could say obviously we're a minority city, but in terms of the power and and, and the voting block, it's not. It's not. So until that happens, then. You could say Brockton is a majority uh, minority city, but it's not. And and I think there's a lot of apathy going on. And, and there's uh, a lot it has of, been for years. Yes, yeah, and there's a lot of bark and no bite. Um, you know, the, the, the fourteen million. Everyone's up in arms about this fourteen million dollars, and you come out for the election, and I'm sorry for the primaries, and you have those type of numbers. So I, I think that's um, that's pretty embarrassing for the city of Brockton. And again, it's not just Brockton; it's, it's really all. You know, uh, a lot of inner cities, because, you know, as, as you know, I, I, I teach another inner city and, and they had low numbers, too. So it's not just Broughton. But I think overall, I think people um, are not trustworthy of government right now from on a national local on a national level all the way down to a local level. Mm-hmm. And if people are just like, you know what, my voice is not heard. And why? Why vote? It was unfortunate. That's the wrong way to think. I, I personally, that's the wrong way to think. But that might be the, the sentiment. Um, that we're seeing right now. How is how is this uh, city election different from past elections? Does it does it feel different? I feel as though it does. It feels like there might be some kind of a disconnect, and that it, you're not hearing a lot about what's where the candidates stand. And if anything, the cloud that's kind of looming over is is this controversy in regards to the, the school budget. Yeah, I think um, you know the disconnect is there. It's apathy. I, I think. Uh, you know, people just generally um, don't feel engaged, and I'm not sure why. But people generally don't feel like you know people are listening to what um, their concerns are. You know, they, they're they're attacking. You know, I'm just going to give you an example. Again, pers- you know, perceptions everything. People talk about the students and the kids. It's all about the kids and the, you know. When we talk about building a new high school, we're not building a new high school. We're building a new public safety building. A public safety building is needed, but perception. Reality, okay. People are saying, "Hey, why are you bringing 
building a new public public safety building, public safety complex, complex. Yep. With police and fire and BEMA, and we're not contributing to another school. We're spending ninety-eight million dollars on this, but we need another school. Perception versus reality. Well, I, and, and, and think people, diff- people don't understand the funding mechanism. I understand that's that. The I, I understand that, and the politicians do a horrible job explaining that. But I'm just saying that's the perception. And politicians do a better job communicating with their constituents. And say, hey, this is what's going on. I mean, that those are the facts. And I think things like that, as a small example are what's causing frustration and, and people not to, you know, really vote because, like, you know what? My voice is not heard. Why should I care? Keith? And, and you know, and he brings up a good point. Uh, one of the one of the points that I was was talking about on, on social media a lot is when you see these people complain about certain things, and I'm always on it. I'm the first one that's usually on these people and saying, well, you know, the reason why we got this is because there was a grant, and grant money has to go f- towards what it's you know, extended for, you can go to jail for misuse of funds. Um, we've got school monies coming. Um, they have to come up with that plan as to what they're going to do with the new high school. And we have to work that down. Um, and I get it. He's right. This perception thing is a, is a big deal. And I do wish that the city council or city hall would explain this more other than just putting signs out on places that are getting redone, like the pool um, the War Memorial had HVAC work done, and now they finally put these signs out to kind of let people know where the money came from and what's going on there. But that that still doesn't it doesn't help take that taste out of people's mouths about being informed. But can, um, I, can, I, can I stop you right there, though? You can go you can go above and beyond to inform people. The people want to have to instead of instead of enabling instead of bringing it to them. They have, if you want to know something. If you want to know something about how, how the, the New England Patriots are doing, where their offense is, there's places, there's ways to find that information. Are you saying that the city of Brockton doesn't do a, well, a good enough job at, at disseminating that information? The three of us know this, that, that this can be done. But there's a group of people out there that they just, they just don't want to do the work. They want to be spoon-fed. I had to tell somebody that if you go on the city's website and then put in your email and your phone number... You will get text messages right to your phone, True. and all events will be added to your calendar on your phone. Anything that's coming up, any emergencies, anything you need to know about will come right to your phone. And a lot of people, they don't know that because they just don't want to do the homework right. and do that. And that and the city does a good job. I know when Newbie was involved, they did, you know, they did a good job of getting information out. It's just that sometimes people just don't want to do the footwork, the legwork, and it's aggravating at times. Yeah, I, I agree to an extent, but even when I was in office, I could always do a better job. And and, and, and I heaven forbid someone say that in elected office. I could always do a better job. As a director of communications for the city of Broughton, I could always do a better job. And heaven forbid we have politicians who say the same thing. You know, you, you mentioned going on to the website. How many people, okay, you, the information is there. How many people ha- know how to get to that information? How many people knew what you just said right there? Keith, very few. So I, 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 think, yeah. I think account and, and let me just finish this last point. I think the issue is, and I think all these politicians running, I know them personally. They're good people, they're good family people, but I think there's a lack of accountability for everybody. Hmm. There's a lack of accountability. You know, pointing fingers. City council's fault. School committee's fault. Superintendent's fault. Mayor's fault. It's easy to count to, to point fingers. 
it's easy to to uh, to to assign the blame to someone else. Right. It's it's True. it's harder it's harder to be accountable and say you know what I could have done better. Right? And that's why I I right now this is why I applaud Tony Rodriguez because out of this whole mess that's been going on, he's been that school committee guy who's kind of stepped up and he's. Hold no punches. Tony Rodriguez has been that guy to kind of put everything out there, you know, the transparency. So, you know, it, it's good to have one person like that where, you know, everybody else was kind of, you know, it was the guessing game. But you know? can I can I can I jump in there? But can he but doesn't Tony Tony can afford to 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 point the fingers because he's running unopposed. He's nobody running against him. It's easier when you don't have an opponent who's running against you to be able to go, ah, this is the problem. Then, if you say it, and then somebody can hold, can can counter you. Well, I think if he if he's running in the polls, he could also easily just sit back and not say nothing. That's I, I like that's a good I point. Think, I like the fact that he's out there and he's being very vocal. He's asking the tough questions because you're right. He's running in the polls, so he could just sit back and say, "Hey, I'm running in the polls. I'm I'm getting this seat regardless. I don't have to say nothing. I don't have to open my mouth." You know. So I like a I like a guy who's going to ask the tough questions i've been to a couple of the meetings and he's asked some tough questions um and he's all about the transparency so i applaud him for that well and it's interesting mentioning about uh, on a, running unopposed except for wards two three and five there the majority of the school committee seats are uncontested this year is, is that a surprise for anybody i mean i don't think it's a, a surprise I, I think ultimately it's um it's, it's people who are let me put it this way if we want to get the most qualified people running, you know what we need? They got to get paid more. They're okay? paid. They're being paid now. They're, they're not getting paid enough. Okay. Well, it, it could be almost a full time. Well, I will. T- uh, someone that the three of us had had a uh, had if if, if, uh, if, a, if it's a part time position, you're gonna get part time. Sure, sure, sure. But what I'm saying is, is I will tell you, and I, all I'm doing, I'm supporting what you're going to say, mm-hmm. and that is, is that uh, a great individual that the three of us worked with, Bill Mar- Bill Carpenter, right? Bill Carpenter started, where did he start? 2014. No, but where did he start? School committee. Where? School committee. And, and yep. he told me that, you know what, while being a mayor, is is a, he said he had to do his homework as a school committee member. That there was a lot of research, and you had to look at a lot of documentation. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe there needs a little bit more of a financial incentive for in order to, to lure the proper candidates. But I will tell you, a lot of the people who run these days, you don't see necessarily the smartest people. The smartest people avoid running for office because they don't want to be they don't want to be pulled down into the quagmire. Well, I, I think running for office is not the only way to make an impact, and I think people are understanding that. Sure. I think people understand that now, you know, especially in the last you know ten years or so, that you know being able to you know have a business, a successful business, and support different candidates, you might have more power than the actual candidate him or herself. So I, I, I think people are understanding that it's not just politics that you can make a difference. But in terms of getting qualified people, okay, you, you, it's a part-time job. So just understand you're going to get part-time effort. And that's just the reality of it. So when you have a school committee that's part-time, gets paid maybe a couple of thousand. I'm not sure what they get paid. I mean, last time I told was going a couple of thousand. No, it, no it, it, I want to say that a few years ago that there was, there was something put in that, that increased it. Okay, let, let, let's go high. 10,000? Let's go high. Fifteen thousand. Let's just go really high. Fifteen thousand. It might it might be a little less than that. You okay. might be right. 
I mean, I got to say one thing. I want to say. I want to say, and folks can't see it because it's radio. It's not a visual medium, right? But when when I'm talking to you, you're going to see a serious face. He's like he's locked in. <laughs> oh, I'm locked in. Am I right, Keith? Yeah, he's got like that serious face. You're like, oh, I know that face. I know that face. I know that face. But he's right. I, he, I do have a question for newbie though. Newbie, do do you think this reason why a lot of the school committee runs unopposed is because at the end of the day, the big the big thing involving the school department is Brockton High, and Brockton High has suffered some of the worst stories and bad press. True. Even before COVID, you know they were going through a whole thing before COVID. Then COVID hit it kind of. They had problems there with the online and all that stuff. And then they came out of COVID and they had problems. Do you think that part of that also plays into why it's hard to get people for the school committee? Because at the end of the day, you've got to deal with that Brockton High, that that elephant in the room. Yes, I agree, but also ties to the pay. Is that you know, if the pay is worth it, then I will be able to to take that stress. You know, if I have a family and a full time job, I'm not going to want to take that criticism, that stress for. X amount of dollars. Again, it's not it's, it's not all about money, but I recommend it. I'm not all about money, but I, you know, money doesn't bring happiness. But I recommend it. I will <laughs> tell you, I, but I will tell you though, is, is most communities don't pay their selectmen or select people. They don't pay their school committee. They don't pay those. Those are volunteer jobs. Now you might get a little bit of a discount when it comes to your health insurance, but a lot of communities here in and around the South Shore do not pay. Folks who run for office for school committee or uh, whatever the uh, the highest governing office is, and how well those communities run, and, and you got to look at but their budgets too. I'm, I'm talking about sure, Broughton. Sure. You're talking yeah. about Broughton, yeah, five hundred million dollar institution. I right, gotcha. little towns like Holbrook, and you know, God love you guys, and Avon, love you guys, awesome. We're talking about Broughton, which is one of the largest cities in the south in the sure. South Shore. Sure. So, you know, we, biggest high school uh, east of the Mississippi. If if those positions were full time, I would be willing to bet. This deficit would not be an issue. Ooh, I, I would be willing to bet, and we'll never know. But yeah, more people, more eyes look at it, and more people focus on it. Okay, I mean, that's and, a theory and, that can't be and, proven. And, and, and let me just say this: I just want to say this for the record. A lot of a lot of you know razzmatazz and all this you know crap's going around. I don't think Mike Thomas took the money, put it in his pocket, and went to Cancun. Okay, no, they did. They, they would. I had, think it was misspent. I, I think Mike had great intentions. And overspent, and 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 I think he's getting a bad rap. I think Mike had great intentions and did a lot of great yeah, work for the city. Was a good guy, you know, he is a good guy. He's a good guy. I mean, he is a good yeah. guy. Well, it's like he's like, right. he's gone. Yeah, and, and but but his dad George was I, a good I, I guy just, too. I just think that he he overspent the money, and they should have been a vetting a better vetting process for that. But I don't think it was out of malice intent. Well, is it is it? I, I think what you're going to find out is is that there were a couple of his lieutenants. Who were who were able to go in and make, make override, uh, you know, budget budget uh, numbers to be able to get more monies for, you know, whether it was for um, employment, you know, whether it's for teachers. Maybe they had hours that were were piling up as far as payroll, and they had to pay that. And and I'm just throwing it out there. Who knows? But we're going to find out in the end that you know that it was someone was able to override. I would think that if your budget is $220 million and your line item for certain things is, if you exceed that, that there should be something right. that would lock you go, oh, you can't go beyond that. Yeah. The, the muted then, system. Who was that somebody? What was that vetting process? Go ahead, and Keith. And that's what we learned at this last meeting. This last meeting that they called the embarrassment of the night, um, there were four major points that came out of this last meeting. And one of those was, was that there were certain people who shouldn't have had 
access, they did have access, and they were able to loophole through the system. And I actually spoke with this about John, with John C. Williams that night when we were outside of Brockton High, and I said, you know, the auditors will find everything out, but my feeling was was that what if there was a loophole in this software that people were using that other people didn't know about? Um, one of the other reasons why they also ran over, and this was a problem with a lot of schools. It wasn't just Brockton High that had this problem. Yeah. A lot of schools this year thought that for their fiscal year 2024 coming in, that they were going to get the COVID money again. And a lot of schools were faced with, no, you weren't getting the COVID money, and you had already spent mm-hmm. that money coming into 2024 thinking, oh, I'll get that and be able to, to do that. A lot of schools ran into this problem that Brockton High did. It's just like Newby said, where the big school, we took that hit because Boston had the same issue in a couple of their schools, the same thing. Um, Boston had a charter school where the woman actually took the money and went on trips and things yeah, of that sort. Yeah, so that. It, sure. Sure. Yeah, it does. It does happen. But yeah, a lot of people were counting on this 2024 COVID money. And when they cut everybody off, a lot of schools, not just Brockton, were like, oh, God, we're not getting this money now. They're scrambling, you know, and, and Brockton, unfortunately, got caught up. Like I said, I don't think Mike did anything wrong either. I think it was just an oversight. But, again, there was a loophole, and they're going to have to find out where, you know, where this money went. The money, they said, all went to spending on supplies and things of that mm-hmm. sort. The thing is, is they've got to close the loophole and make sure nobody can get through that through that loophole in the software. Again, if you're just you're tuning in, you're tuned into Monday Night Talk here on 95.9 WATD as we got a newbie retail, Keith Hayes, talking about the upcoming city elections. We've just got a couple of a couple of minutes left here, and, and I want to ask probably the, the key question here is, could we see a major upset, upset, whether it's for mayor, whether it's for at-large counselor, whether it's ward counselor, or some of the few school committee uh, races that we see? Uh, Newby, you go first. Um, let me just go by these real quick. Mayor, um, the likelihood is probably not, but if 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 you had told me a couple months ago that um, Fon- Fred Fontaine would have had a chance, I'd probably say no. But with this going on with this controversy, he has a he has a punch of chance. Yep. he has a punch of chance. Obviously, Bob's the front runner, um, but he he has a punch of chance. So uh, you never say never in, in terms of that. In in terms of um. The council at large, I think Gene's going to uh, top the ticket. John Bradley, Delaware Court. I think Gene's the best campaigner of all these candidates running. I yep. think he's the best campaigner. He will knock on every single door in the city, and he will top the ticket again. Um, so I, I think he'll, you know, he'll win that council at large race and, and fill Rita's seat. In terms of, I think the the most compelling race for me is City Council Ward Three, where Gary, where Gary Keith Jr. and um, and Phil Griffin. I think, um, and, and Keith, I, I want to get your opinion on this. I'm curious to see how Brockton's going to support the African-American candidate. A lot of times, it's been since Shayna Barnes since we have an African-American candidate in, in elected in office. I mean, you had a lot of great people running, Ollie Spears, Gwen Knowles, John Williams, um, and I, I'm missing I'm, Tony, Tony Branch, but that was more of a state election. I think it's different in terms right. of city council. I'm curious to see how is the city going to support an African-American candidate, and, 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 and I find that, that that race is very interesting about where is Ward 3 going to go with that. Keith? I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, this city has, you know, when it comes to minorities, we've seen all these fears, 1%. We've seen, um, you know, several, several races where we've seen this. Um, the question is, is I think a lot of people like Gary Keith, 
but I also think there is, and I, I like, I have nothing, you know, personal against Gary, but I think there are some legal issues that people have been bringing up that out there in the forefront that I think might hurt Gary in this, and I think you might see Philip take this war three from him with this with this issue behind the scenes. Interesting. Now, now it was mentioned in regards to uh, Fred Fontaine. Just a quick note: the preliminary numbers from September nineteenth. Uh, the incumbent, uh, Robert Sullivan, had 3,044 votes, and Fred Fontaine, the challenger, had 1,118 votes. That's nearly a 3-to-1 uh, deficit. It'll be interesting to see if, in fact, um, if Fred could come back, and if he can make up the numbers, hey, it's it's not impossible. Let's not forget that Bill Carpenter was behind Linda Balzotti by a significant number of votes. It might have been like eight hundred votes, one by fifty. So it's you never you never say never, right? It's funny. Fred said um, last week, and 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 he's like, "What do you got to lose?" <laughs> I would say, "What do you got to Not lose?" So lose. if people come in that mindset, hey, listen, you know, we we have you know things going on in Broughton, and if they you know blame it on on the current mayor right now, they may have an attitude. What do you got to lose? He has a puncher's chance. Um, so we'll see. All right. Well, he, he, you know, he has he has the backing of one of the biggest growing communities in Brockton, and that's the Haitian community, yep. the Caribbean Haitian community. So you're right; he does have a he does have that fighter's chance um, with that community if they if they come out and fully support him. Um, it could be interesting at the polls. And it Gene Gene running, I think, will also help him in the polls as well. I mean, because you know yep. they may vote for both Haitian candidates. Gentlemen, that's all the time that we have. Keith, I want to thank you for joining us for this segment. Noob, you're staying here. Don't go anywhere. We're going to step aside when we come back. More Monday Night Talk. We talk a little NBA, Boston Celtics in just a few moments. is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi on 95.9 WATD. I'm Peter Brown of Tiny and Sons Auto Glass in Pembroke. People ask me, is there anything they can do to prevent getting a broken windshield? Is there anything I can do to prevent getting a broken windshield? See, there is. Those big gravel trucks, when they're being loaded, rocks get stuck in the framework of the bed. Truck hits a bump, rock hits your windshield, it pays to stay way back. It pays to stay way back. However, if your windshield is broken, just call 1-888-64-TINIES. And thank you. McGonagall Insurance in Hingham urges you to please give blood. Do it today. It's the gift of life. Keep in mind, the average shelf life of blood is only 42 days. Be a silent hero. Think of the lives you'll be saving. This message from McGonagall Insurance in Hingham. Another great reason to call our community home. For home, auto, and flood insurance, they've got you covered. Call Penny for a quote at 781-740-4600. Hi, I'm Tara Thompson. And I'm Holly Flanagan. And you can hear us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on Breaking the Ice, Let's Talk Inclusion, presented by The Great Blizz Inclusive Hockey. Each week, we discuss topics important to our inclusive community and highlight the talents and achievements of our community members. So make sure to tune in Wednesday night at 8 p.m. to Breaking the Ice, Let's Talk Inclusion, presented by The Great Blizz Inclusive Hockey. Breaking the Ice, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Right here on 95.9 WATD. 
Fall is a great time to enjoy alfresco dining at the patio at McGuigan's. Start your open-air meal with a patio sampler platter piled high with chicken wings, cauliflower, potato skins, egg rolls, and chicken and biscuits. The patio's specialties include koji steak tips, braised short ribs, pan-seared salmon, and chicken marsala. Looking for something lighter? Sink your teeth into a patio burger, pulled pork sandwich, fish tacos, or margarita flatbread. Friday and Saturday nights feature live entertainment at the patio at McGuigan's. Sip on a specialty cocktail and unwind from the week as the fall breeze cools down the evening. The patio at McGuigan's is at 552 Washington Street in Whitman Center. And check out McGuigan's Pub next door at 546 Washington Street, also in Whitman Center. By the middle of the week, so much news has come your way, you need your own team to sort it out. Lucky for you, there's Jared Valenzola and the JV team to talk about the things you've heard and catch you up on some things you might not know. I'm Jared Valenzola. Join me and my guests as we have fun with current events and try to put things into perspective each week. Sponsored by Corey Welch of Boom Realty. Catch the JV team every Wednesday night at 6.15 here on 95.9 WATD. Monday Night Talk on Twitter. Start at 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk. And don't forget to add hashtag Monday Night Talk to your tweets. We now return to Kevin Tachi and Monday Night Talk. All right. We have entered the seventh inning stretch of Monday Night Talk. Thank you so much for staying with us. We hope that the uh, the, the conversation is captivating enough for you to want to have uh, a, a dessert uh, to, for this uh, for this closing of the show. That we would go with sports. Last week, I believe we did Boston Bruins. We had uh, Matt Mad Dog Nelson, and we also had uh, Benny Rabinovich, who was uh, in here. We talked Boston Bruins hockey. Uh, of course, as you know, Benny does uh, the uh, Causeway Kings podcast, so it's great to kind of talk with him. And again, I want to. I I could sit here and pontificate about these sports. I'd rather bring in the experts, the people who know. Of course, uh, the great Quinn Kelly. Uh, not only do you get to hear his show every Sunday, uh, but you also get to hear him when he does the call of local sports. Right now, we are uh, we are in the the midst of high school football, and and I've uh, complimented him several times <laughs> because I, I, last week, not this past Friday, but the week prior, uh, myself, I do productions when it comes to high school sports. And I'm coming home from one, and I'm listening to Quinn just doing a, a, a great job kind of painting the picture. I think it, was, it might have been Pembroke and Middleborough. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, Middleborough and East Bridgewater. Middleborough and East Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, I knew I knew, <laughs> I knew the St. Chums were in there somewhere. I just forgot. Um, but just hearing you do it. And then actually this weekend, I, I didn't realize that the, um, the WATD Sports Network, mm-hmm. when you do shows, you now have uh, a halftime show. Yes. And I thought the halftime show was fantastic. So kudos to you. you. Uh, It's too bad that we couldn't have the, you know, a a South Shore team or the the boxers couldn't pull it out. They were in the midst of a very tough season. Yeah, yeah. No no question about it. Um, I I will say, I mean, there's there's some good things. I think there's, uh, I imagine there's a little frustration looking at Cam Montero and seeing this being his senior year. Uh, Kind of an unfortunate way for him to go out. Uh, But um, Jaden Campbell's been improving week to week he looked pretty good against uh pinkerton but you know 
hopefully they'll have the horses soon enough. I think there are some big issues at play in Brockton, even just outside of the football team. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it's on the up and up. It's it, it it's tough moving on from you know the name, even you know whatever you think of Peter Colombo and uh, the Colombo family was a tradition. Yeah, wait, how many years? Fifty. Right, you think over over fifty four. Fifty four. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Lost a couple of memories in translation. There, but, uh, you know what I mean. You know, you've had a Colombo at the helm, you know, for 54 years. It's, you know, nothing that, uh, to, to not, you know, to overlook. You don't mm. want to do that. Uh, and, and, you know, being someone who actually called a lot of Brockton sports yourself, newbie, you know, what, what is it like for you to see these Brockton teams? I mean, the idea for the Brockton team, it's almost a similar, like the Patriots. We're so conditioned over the past two decades to see a, a Patriots team that, okay, they're down by a touchdown, but you know what? They're going to come back. They're down by two points. They're going to be able to drive the length of the field and be able to kick it through the uprights and, and come away with the W. Listen, Brockton um, expects to win. And I think if we lower our expectations, then that's not a good thing. We, you know, It's a disappointing season thus far. A setback to set up for a comeback. Their kids are still young, yep. but the expectation is to win. So, I, I think we need to hide, have those high standards and, and expect those high standards from from everybody. You know, and I I think winning winning makes everyone feel better. It brings good culture to the schools, brings good school spirit, makes people feel good, makes people come to the stands. It's great for the city. Winning cures a lot of things. If the Brockton Boxers won the Super Bowl right now, we wouldn't hear as much about the deficit probably. Mm, I'm just saying, winning cures a lot of things. It just does. And let's stay with the winning because, again, that'll be a nice little segue for us to talk a little little NBA. That's why I've I've asked you to to kind of be here, talk a little bit about the NBA, upcoming regular season. The Boston Celtics, it has been quite an off-season. A lot of moving parts around the NBA, including the Boston Celtics. I'll let you start first. I mean... You know, sports exchange. Uh, I'm sure you've had a chance to kind of talk about this with mm-hmm. Johnny Rourke and yeah. Brendan Conley. Yeah, the biggest thing we hit on. I mean, I, I think it'd be, I think it, it'd be a little bit agenda pushing, maybe if you will, to say they're not better. I think objectively, like they're certainly a better offensive team. I'm concerned that they're more different than they are better. Mm-hmm. That they've just become something else more so than made these leaps and bounds improvements. Um, you know, the people think they did. I will say Drew Holiday coming in gives you a little bit more confidence because it did feel like you traded a little something defensively in the Porzingis deal. Um, but now you bring in Drew, and, and, and that solidifies some things. Seeing Rob Williams go is a little, you know, it, it, there's a little pain with that. But, um, you know, you might have been able to get out from under damaged goods in Malcolm Brogdon. I think that's to be seen. But um, I just, they, this is it. You know, you've you've completely changed what you want to do, and I think Brad Stevens operated in a manner that would suggest that he's feeling like it's got to be this year, right? Like it's time to bleep or get off the pot with this team. <laughs> and I, I just I wonder if that was that was necessary because now you've set yourself up. It's hard to see what the path is if you don't get it done this year. And for however good you think the team is. It's not as simple as rolling the ball out and saying, "Hey, we've got the best starting six in the or starting five in the league, best top six in the league. We can just go win a championship." To use a Texas Hold'em uh, poker analogy, it's they, they basically have pushed all the chips in. 
Yeah, I, I think so. Preferably. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, as I teased earlier in the show, the opening of the show, uh, you're somebody who bleeds green. You're somebody who, whatever they're, when they're having a, a, a good run or a bad run, you let it all hang out there. And, you know, you ask questions. Is Tatum really the best? What do we got going on here? How do you feel about the the transitions and, and some of the, the moves that have been made in the offseason? Are you happy with them? 100% agree with what you said. 100% yeah. agree. They're very different. But let me just give a hypothetical. What's a hypothetical? This is kind of what happened. If I told you a couple months ago they traded, they're going to do this trade. Rob Williams, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Brogdon, two first-round draft picks for Porzingis and Drew Holiday, which is basically what they did. Mm. Would you say that's a fair trade? And I'd say no. I'd say you're giving up too much. You know, I, I'd say you're giving up too much. So, obviously, Grant Williams went away free agency in, in market. But, in, in essence, we traded those four players and two first-round draft picks for Drew Holiday and Porzingis. I think we're going to be very good because we have Tatum and Brown. That's the base. That's the foundation. Um, we're going to be a good team. I'm just, I, I'm concerned that it might. It sounds like you're being very conservative with with. Well, Porzi- with, with you, what you feel about this team? Well, Porzingis, I'm worried about flat out. I'm worried about Porzingis. Yeah, he's, he's injury he's, prone. He's, you basically have swapped out an injury prone Robert Williams for an injury prone Kristaps Porzingis, right? I would yeah. say a better defensive player, Robert Williams. I mean, he had Kristaps uh, had a, a career year last year. Mm-hmm. Is he? I don't think he's a great defensive player. And we have Al Wood, Al, he's Al big, Horford. You can't teach that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, ultimately, there's a lot. Taco Fall is big. You know, there's a lot of people who are big who are just a waste of oxygen. Boom, <laughs> boom. And you have Al Horford. Where is your front court? Porzingis goes down with an injury. Al Horford's not going to play back to back games. Is it, it going to be Luke Cornette? No. So where's I your front court? Mm. You know, I I think the Celtics. You know, good teams always get you know teams that players who sign as free agents for a mid level exception. I like this like a Dwight Howard come to Boston, what have you. We'll get some veterans. Superman? We'll get some veterans, but I'm a little worried about the front court death. I'm worried about the front court death. How about Boogie Cousins? Would you take him? Yeah, I would. Would you? Why not? Okay. Why not? I, I, th- I think we're, we're at a point but, right now. But you look at, you look at Williams. Williams. How many games did Williams play last year? Has he played a full eighty, a full complement of eighty-two games? No. I would say you're lucky if he played thirty-five games last year. Okay. I'm just, all I'm saying is, Robbins actually did get, did get injured yesterday. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he probably got up. He was getting off the, off the bench, right? <laughs> so I, I, I'm. I, if the team's healthy, we, we're winning the championship. Yeah. We're winning the championship. I'm just worried about Porzingis and our depth in the front court. Our front court scares me. If we're depending on Porzingis and Al Horford to be healthy the whole season, I'm not too comfortable with that. I think we get more. I think we need more depth. I did like what they did though with the coaching staff. I love the addition of San Cassell. Um I love the addition of having Jeff Van Gundy as an advisor. Um, I actually like Brad Stevens a lot better as a general manager than I ever did as a coach. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Big Al has said that he's he is a different individual as a, as a, as a GM. So I mean, he's more aggressive, and they're young. I mean. They're going to be competitive. I think it's it's Boston and in in, uh, in Milwaukee, the top two, and everyone else. I'd say a long three is maybe Cleveland and Philadelphia. That's about it. So we should win the championship. Do you feel that the Celtics are the most improved? But if you look at the the documentation I gave you, these were just some of the, I had ticked down some of the different mm-hmm. trades. Lillard to Milwaukee, uh, Holiday of course to the Celtics, uh, Jordan Poole to Washington, uh, uh, Victor Oladipo to Oklahoma City. Bradley Beal to Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix is got an embarrassment of riches mm-hmm. uh, if they all remain healthy. Um, look at look at what Portland has done, right? They got Aiton and Williams. That's that's a dynamic 
duo for for big men. Portland's going to be a fun team to watch. Actually, yeah. I, I, that's my sleeper for making the playoffs, number eight seed. Well, did they? Who's the kid that they replaced? I think they kind of got Damian Lillard's nose out of joint because it was Scoot. What was I can't think of the young man's name, but he he basically plays the same position mm. as Lillard. I can't think of his name, but they're going to be a fun, exciting team. They, I mean, they're going to be running all over the place. Like great the Kings? Team. Like Sacramento? And, yeah, not as much as offensive power, but they're going to be a fun team. But but I, I think the Celtics um, right now have, I think it's important for them to get off to a fast start and lock up that number one seed. I think that's incredibly important for them to do that and really establish and make a statement that they're can, the best team in the league. Can, can, I, just, can I just say that the, the Boston Bruins did that last year? How did they do? Yeah, but the last time the Celtics did that, they they, they first of all, Celtics I feel are not the like Bruins. you get complaint once once you feel as though you've kind of put the regular season in the rearview mirror. I feel like you become a little bit complacent. Well, what was the last thing that did a fast start when they got a couple big pieces? That was the two thousand eight Boston Celtics, 2008, yep. and they held pretty strong yeah. throughout the whole season. Yeah, yeah. the but, thing is, they're not going to be able to even with a fast start. There's so much talent around the rest of the league, specifically the Bucks, right? Like. The Celtics can't get off to a fast enough start to put Milwaukee in the rear view at the two seed before the final few weeks of the season. It's going to be, no matter how fast they start, it's going to be a race down to the finish. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't worry about them getting complacent. I, I, the, the thing that I worry about with them is the same thing that I think it's been for a few years. It has never been a lack of talent with them. I think it's a mentality issue. I think that year over year over year, they either don't have that dog in them, they don't have the confidence, they don't have whatever it is. Uh, you saw again in the Miami Heat series. There, you have no business losing a seven-game heat uh, series to the Miami Absolutely. Heat last year. So to me, it's it's the intangibles that are always the issue with this team. If you had more guys with the it factor on the team last year, you wouldn't have needed to do. You wouldn't have needed to shake the roster up the way you did this year. So I, I totally agree, newbie. With with getting off to a fast start, you know, I think that. This is a team that needs to play confident. If they're not playing confident, I mean, they, they, they tend to turtle. So I think they absolutely need to have some good tidings in the earliest season. Last time they had the dog in them, and, and, and we'll laser-focused, locked in, that look that you gave me earlier when we are talking city politics, <laughs> uh, was when they had Ime Udoka as their coach. And they went, on, they went on that run a year and a half ago. Ime! Okay, okay? and then... Unfortunately, it was a little bit of a you know front office issue yep. and some issue that Ime had. And now he's uh, the coach of Oklahoma City, and you have a different coach. And and so I'm going to ask both of you: Do you feel that the coaching? I love the addition of, of Sam Cassell. I love that he's going to have that there. But you also had Damian Stottlemyre sitting on that bench last year, and he ended up taking a coaching job. I think it's really tough to really. Judge Joe Mazzula last season. I okay. mean, he it was a week before the season started, a week, week and a half maybe. Hey, you're the coach, and then you're the coach, you're and, the coach. and then his his, his his assistant left, his lead assistant Damon Stonmeyer, two months into the season. I mean, you really can't judge him. He wasn't ready for it. He didn't want the job. He kind of just was forced into it. Now this is the first season bringing the staff that he that he wants a full season under his belt. Is it what he wants or is it what Brad wants? E- either way, that's what's going to happen. So, I mean, I think more more Brad than him, but he was going to bring in a, 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 an assistant coach either way because they're down a coach. But it's going to come down to, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Jason Tatum. Is he going to be the leader of the team? Because you have Marcus Smart who's gone, who's the leader of the team. It's, J- it's Jason Tatum's team right now. Mm. It's his team. Yeah, he and- doesn't have Smart in his ear. He doesn't have Smart all over his fanny being like, hey, you do this, you do that. And, and Jason's like, dude. 
blacks. You know what I mean? So let's see. We've, heard, we've seen we've seen reports on that, right? Mm. And you know, he said it. I'm not Kevin Garnett, and I'm never going to be Kevin Garnett. I'm going to lead in my own way. It's going to be. I expect Jason Tatum this year to win the MVP. I think it's his MVP year. And normally, we see on these type of players. Their MVP year, they tend to end up winning the championship. It all kind of comes together that one year. He's 27 years old right now, 26, 27. This is where they kind of turn the corner. This is where LeBron turned the corner. This is where, you know, all the greats kind of turn the corner around this age, you know, to to really go to that next level. Giannis, you know, around this age. So I think this is the next natural step for Tatum to take on the leadership, take on the team, put the team on his shoulders, and and ultimately, um, you know, win the championship. And... Listen, we we could all talk about all this stuff we all we want. Jason Tatum doesn't twist his ankle in game seven, they'll more likely win that game. And I think they'll give a Denver a run for their money. I think Denver probably would have ultimately maybe won. But but it's definitely they, they won the that game. Yeah. Do we are we confident that Denver's in that conversation this uh this spring? I think so. Okay. I think that's a team that's got the right makeup and personality to not to not be complacent coming off a championship. I think that's the right kind of internal build that they'll be equally motivated this year to go out and do it again. But but isn't it different when it go being going from being, you know, the person who's hunting mm-hmm. to being the hunted? A- absolutely, I think they put a target on their own back early enough last year, though, and then still were able to to play well. I I, I to to your point with Jason Tatum and the, the leadership thing. This was something we talked about, you know, right when. Marcus Smart was shipped out and all that came out and, yep. and, and the conversation was about his leadership and you know I, I agree that this is this is his time to step up and, and I think it's a you know you should full well be able to do it my concern has always been you know I know there's a certain Marcus was here when Jason arrived you know you're you know little brother big brother whatever you want to call that relationship uh, it can be hard to feel like you have a voice but if you if you can't step up, I mean, you're a supposed top five player in the league. If your voice isn't loud enough with Marcus Smart here, that you can't overcome Marcus Smart to be the leader of the team, I'm just concerned that you are not a personality that is a leadership type. You know, I, I just worry that are we really going to see Jason Tatum become a vocal leader for this team or a leader at all? I mean, and and that's not... to. Jalen Brown has a pretty strong personality himself, he and he probably has a better case to be a leader of this team than Very Marcus bold. Smart ever did. Absolutely. So, um, you know, you still have the old guard with Al Horford for as much as he steps back. I'm sure if nobody steps up to the leadership position, he's going to say, all right, well, we need to, you know, have some guidance. So I, I just worry that if you couldn't do it before, I don't know that the evidence is there that Jason Tatum is, is definitely going to now be a leader just because Marcus Smart is gone. I think that, you know, Marcus Smart didn't just clear the path. Jason Tatum still has to make active steps to say, I'm going to be the leader of this team. But, but, but let, me, let me fight back a little bit. I, I think a lot of times we think of a leader as Kevin Garnett, Michael Jordan, Kobe, mm. you know, rah, rah, rah in your face. Look at Tim Duncan. Yep. What if he's Tim Duncan? That is, He's won five championships. That also is a leader. And I think his, you know, his... Yeah, but who who is who is Tim Duncan teamed up with initially before he was able to go on his own? Well, David Robinson. David Robinson. Yeah, no, he has the Twin Towers. Yeah, I know, but David Robinson. I mean, he makes Tim Duck look like a drill sergeant, even, <laughs> even though he came from the Navy. I mean, Tim, David Robinson is super nice. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But yeah, you had that guidance. You had that. You had that leadership. You know, kind of the passing the baton, putting him over. I, I think Greg Popovich was kind of like the 
the the rah rah person okay. that Tim Duncan didn't need to be. So maybe it, it, it's going to come from a coaching staff, a Jeff Van Gundy, a San Cosell, or even Missoula. Some people is this is this not his personality? So I'm mm-hmm. hoping he takes on the Tim Duncan role. You know more. Okay, this I'm going to lead by just watch my example. He's not a Giannis. He's not intense like Giannis, Garnett, Jordan, Kobe. It's yeah. just not in him. Yeah, no. I think it's harder to be a Tim Duncan nowadays. Just give given the exposure that these guys are under, right? Like, your camera mic in your face 24-7, I just feel like it's... it That guy... I mean, Tim Duncan's so rare as it is. It's very hard to be that leader. I think right. he does profile more like that guy, but I think the conversation that always I always come back to with them is they were kind of doomed by their own successes early, right? Like, this is... To your point, again, this is right where, in Jason Tatum's career, he should be expected... Like, he shouldn't have been expected to necessarily take that MVP leap until now. Yep. But they came in, they were in the Eastern Conference Championship right. every year, so the expectations are that much higher for them, which, circling back to your, to your point past, I'm glad we have high expectations around here, but it has, you know, it put him against the wall earlier. He has to than, find the next gear. Yeah, he does. He, he does. has to find the next gear to be able to kind of, you know, take it to that next that next level. Again, if you're just tuning in, uh, great conversation here. Quinn Kelly, WATD Sports Director, and of course, uh, Emmy Award winning uh, documentarian, Newbie Rattel uh, here talking uh, NBA and the Celtics. Let's kind of break it down while we have a couple of moments left here. Let's talk West. Who do we who do we see as the teams that are going to come out of the West that we're going to be looking at and seeing who's going to be that one team that captures the West? Quinn, I I, I really question. like <laughs> I like Denver to do it again though. I, yeah. I think that um, not not necessarily. I mean. I think they'll be the one seed. LeBron's going to be very upset that you picked them. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, I think just what I said before, I think that's a team that has the mentality. I don't know that they're repeating. Um, I think for as, you know, as much as we've been on the league for a lack of parity, it's so rare now. I know people don't do it, but um, I think they're going to be the front runner heading into the playoffs. I don't know if they get through. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a toss between three teams as far as I'm concerned. I think. The um, Phoenix, the Clippers, yeah, what? Phoenix, Clippers. I mean, I, I, I forgot about Clippers. I mean, who knows if they're healthy? That's a big if. I mean, they haven't been healthy in four years. Yeah. I would say Phoenix is is my front runner right now for the West. I mean, Denver. you just can't. I mean, that talent's incredible. I mean, those three players: Booker, um, Booker, uh, uh, the guy from Washington. What's his name? Blanking on his Beal. name. Beal. Beal. Bradley Beal. And, 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 right in front of you. And, and Kevin Durant, right in front of me. And then you can't cut out. Kind of Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Anthony no. Davis, Anthony Davis, when he plays the way he should be playing, like he did the last half he's of the double, season, a double-double machine. He's not only a double; he's an MVP candidate. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I mean, he, he's the brow. He's one of the best defensive players in the league when he's on his yeah. game. The bubble champion. So I'm, I, I think I, one, two, three. I'm going to say Phoenix, Denver, and the Lakers, and maybe wow. maybe put uh, the Lakers barely could barely made it into the player playing right. round last year. And I mean, I, they were they were below 500 most of the season. Watch out for those Sacramento Kings. Kings I think, are, I, the Kings are. I, I mean, they're they're up and coming. But I, I'd say I, I'm, I'm going to go with the talent. I think Phoenix is going to be way too fast for Denver. I, I think they're going to they're going you know run uh, Jokic right, right up and down the floor. Um, I, I like I like Phoenix coming out the West. Phoenix yeah. and Boston. All right. Well, let's don't don't, all right. don't jump ahead here. I'm sorry. Easy. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk East then. Who who do you feel? Who are the teams of the East that we're going to see that are going to be in the playoffs and, and duking it out? Quit. I think for all the movement, it's the same as the last few years. Right. You know, I think it's still. And I don't know that it should be viewed as the Celtics to lose, but if it's 
if it's not the Celtics or the Bucks, I think I think something's gone horribly wrong for both of those two teams. You, you don't feel like Jimmy Butler is going to be like, oh, I, you know what, I need to make this my own. Does does he take it up a notch? I mean, I, barring injury, I think he now doesn't really have the horses. Uh, I mean, I think he's again, he's the guy. I mean, he you step into a playoff series with him, he's got the the it factor that you yep. talk about. So. You know, maybe he can give one of those two teams, um, you know, a run for their money in a series. But I, I still think it, it it's going to come down to either of them. I don't think he has the horses this year. Okay, I think we have selective memory. Miami um, just got into the playoffs and they should have been out in the first round had Giannis not got injured. Mm. I mean, should have been out. I mean, and then they should have been out in the Western Conference Finals had Tatum you know, not sprained his ankle. Now, listen, I'm gonna give him credit, you know, for getting through it. I mean, you know, they're. They're tough. They're hard nosed. I think Pat Riley blew it this year, though. This offseason, not getting someone else to play along Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler. Maybe I the think price, he blew maybe, it. Well, I mean, I think they wanted. Lill- I mean, Lillard. That was his destination. He wanted to go to the Heat, but how much is how much is too much to give up? I mean, even trying to go after Drew Holiday. I mean, that's also another loss. Right. I mean, the, 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 your your biggest uh, you know opponent uh, competitor got them. That's yeah. huge. So I, I think Miami really blew it. I think I think Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland. Is going to be right there. Yeah, I think there. they're in, in Philadelphia. Um, depending what they do, I mean, they still got they still got Joel Embiid. They still got the MVP. So Harden. they'll be competitive. Harden's not for long though. And, no, yeah, mean, they're going to trade him. Yeah, so I mean, Harden right now is probably you know okay. So chick, she's probably Chick Fil A right now. All right, so we'll stay. <laughs> we'll stay with you. So who are the two te- who are the two teams in the finals and who wins? Boston Celtics and the Phoenix Suns, and Boston wins. In six games. Wow. Denies Kevin Durant. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, I, I think I'm going to stick with Denver coming out of the West. I think okay. they get back. There's a piece of me, Kevin, that just wants to say the box, but. Then, you know what? Go with your gut. Never, yeah, never, you know, never, never deny your gut. I think it goes back to they're just too thin. Like, it, you know. You have a lot of you're reliant upon a lot of pieces. You talk about the front court. Never mind the fact that Chris Stapps is injury prone. Al is old. Al's just old. Yeah. You know, and and what are you going to be able to do in season to remedy things? It seems like there is more concern right now for locking up Derek White. I mean, they're in contract negotiations with him. You want to talk about getting Drew Holiday here long term, yep. which and he's old too. But not bad for getting off the bench, right? Yeah. I mean, I I just I think. I, I I think they blow it. I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna oh. be Bucks Denver. Okay, all right. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna say. See, I'm I'm on the line with you. I'm, That's I'm the gonna go on the that side. no one wants. I'm gonna say <laughs> I will say I'm gonna say Celts Denver. And so we'll we'll be back here in uh, six to eight months and see if we were right and see what, where things go. Uh, That's all the show. Gentlemen, thank you so much for a great conversation. Okay. I want to thank you for tuning in. Remember, we'll put this podcast up uh, as soon as George turns it around. Uh, but until next week at 6.15 p.m., have yourself a great evening.
W-A-T-T-F-M Marshfield, WBMS Brockton. The South Shore's first choice for live team coverage of breaking news, emergency traffic, and severe weather. W-A-T-D. Streaming online at 95.9WATD.com. And with your smart speaker, just by saying play W-A-T-D. 